It's your host, May Wu, and I have two special guests with me today to talk about being mixed and multi-ethnic, multi-racial. If you'd like to introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Jessica. Um, my ethnic background, um, I am 50% uh, African-American, 25% Hispanic, and 25% white. And hi, I'm Garrett Sanchez. Uh, I, as you can tell by my name, am 75% Latinx, specifically Mexican, and 25% Irish. And I'm happy to be here, May. Thanks for inviting us. I'm so excited. <laughs> I was even talking with my friend about this earlier this week. I'm like, oh, it turns out being mixed race is fucking sick. <laughs> <laughs> it is He's beautiful. Like, you're like, yeah. You're like a chameleon. Yeah, right. like, I agree. Yeah, but I feel like people hate on mixed people all the time. It has really? pros and cons. Because you're not like, enough of like right. this or that. Yeah. Yeah, because I definitely see like positives and negatives, but I feel like perception, like people aren't really like, don't really understand, you know? Mm -hmm. I kind of like that. <laughs> Like being a little bit of an enigma. Emily, like, who, mm -hmm. who are you? Mm -hmm. yeah. Or as they say, ethnically ambiguous. Mm -hmm. I get that a lot. Um, People always say that to me. And like, I for you know, I was doing the modeling thing for like a brief period of time, and the casting director was like, "You're great because you're ethnically ambiguous. Like, if we straighten your hair and put these clothes on you, you could be Indian passing. And like, if we do this, you can be whatever. So I don't know. Wear your hair curly, then you could be." It just depends. So. Yeah. Like accentuate certain features you can mm -hmm. like mm. mold. Right. You're like Malleable. a chameleon. But then it's kind of, yeah, Because somebody it's, thought you were Asian. Yeah, people, I've heard like when we were younger, my dad actually just told me this last week that we went to Hawaii that all the Hawaiians thought me and my sisters were native Hawaiian kids because we were, went oh. to a local beach mm. and we were just running around with all the other like little kids and they we they thought we were just like native Hawaiians and then my mom came and they were like oh they're clearly not native Hawaiians. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about your dad? Did they think he was like? Yeah, Hawaiian? no, they didn't think he was oh, Hawaiian okay, either. Yeah. But she was the one that like got us out of the water or whatever, I guess. And so that's why like they're like who's because they thought that she was taking someone else's kids. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, yeah. Did they ever, like, did they ever think that, like, your mom was, like, a caretaker and not oh, yeah. so much, like, your biological mom? Yeah, that happened all the time, too. And Or even, so, like, I would be wow. shopping with my dad. Mm -hmm. So, because my, are we recording? We, we, are. Okay. we are. We are. Um, oh my! Oh, um, hello. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. um, but like, so one time, I remember, I was at Target with my dad, and I was just away in a different aisle or whatever, looking at something, and some lady that worked at Target came up to me, and she's like, "Oh, where are your parents, honey?" Because she thought I was lost, and I was like, "My dad's right there." And she's like, "I don't see him. Like, are you sure you don't need help finding your parents?" I'm like, "He's right there," and she didn't like just associate us being related really? and <laughs> so i was like okay bye lady and just like ran to my dad and so she like kind of just walked away but and my dad was oblivious he didn't even notice this interaction hmm. but that always like stuck with me because i was like why didn't she believe that that was my dad and then yeah. when i got older i kind of understood that like people realize that we look different and might not be related or whatever totally so yeah because for reference my i'm my dad is white and Hispanic, and mm -hmm. my mom's African American. So then I'm like 50% African American, 25% Hispanic, and white. Mm -hmm. But he, to me, my dad looks very, I feel, white passing. Mm -hmm. You Have you ever seen my dad? Yeah, I've seen him before. Yeah, I feel like he looks very white passing. Mm -hmm. um, he, he feels that when he interacts with people, they view him as Hispanic, which, I mean, probably, maybe they do. Um, but yeah, it's kind of interesting how even I perceive my own dad as a different race, and he's technically also mixed. Yeah. yeah so. Did your dad ever like talk about his perspectives on being mixed race? He didn't, but he also doesn't really. He's not like a deep person. Like he doesn't, <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't like. Not that, to say he's not. My dad's deep, a simple man. But he, but he like isn't very. Um. How do I say? Like he's not very. Introspective. Introspective in that sense. Like, I'm sure if I, like, engaged him in that conversation, it just has never come up, like, hmm. deeply. And he had kind of, like, an interesting um, growing... Like, his childhood was kind of interesting. He was born in Oregon. Mm -hmm. um, and then he lived in Mexico in high school. Hmm. And so his dad was, his, was Mexican. His mom was white. So when they moved to Mexico, his mom actually left and came back to America. And then hmm. his parents got a divorce. 
So he kind of has like a weird yeah. thing going on too. So I don't really know if he has issues connecting with his Mexican culture heritage mm-hmm. as well. Um, Cause he kind of became familiar with it later on in life. Um, so I don't feel a connection to my Mexican heritage because he never really passed it on to us as kids. Right. And even like the language too is a big thing because I feel like language is a way to connect you to your culture and I don't speak Spanish. Mm-hmm. My dad speaks Spanish, but he didn't speak it to us as kids because hmm. my mom didn't speak Spanish. So he didn't want us to like yeah. speak and her to feel left out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but looking back, I was like, that would have been so useful. Yeah. Like I wish I spoke Spanish. Yeah. So. I mean, now I'm trying to learn to kind of get more in touch with my culture, but um, it's hard to learn a language as an adult. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) And I feel like parents have that perception like, oh, I don't want to confuse my kids or I want them to be really good at English. So I don't want to teach them like Mm -hmm. their native language Mm -hmm. because I feel like that happens also in the Asian community. You'll have like some Mm. parents that are like, yes, I want my kids to go to like Chinese school or Korean or Vietnamese school and like learn their native language as well like written and reading and stuff but then other parents were like no I just want my kids to focus on English so like we're gonna like separate that why why do you think that is because like I it doesn't seem like learning a new language is necessarily a mutually exclusive thing to do like it's not necessarily like if they're learning Spanish, they can't learn English as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Like if anything, I feel like the opposite would be true because right. learning different languages makes you more attuned to like the grammatical structure of how stuff works, right? Yeah. Like Yeah. I think it may also be maybe a generational thing because I know that I feel people, I don't know, people nowadays are teaching their kids both languages if mm-hmm. they speak both. But I feel like maybe our parents' generations and like our grandparents' generations, because a lot of them were immigrating to the United States in order to assimilate and become part of the American Mm -hmm. culture, they might not want their kids to speak other languages because they didn't want them to face discrimination if like people heard them speaking another language or if they weren't good at speaking English or whatever it may be. Because I have heard that from other people. Not, I don't know if that's why my dad chose not to teach us Spanish, but mm-hmm. I have heard from other people that their parents chose to not teach them because of that reason. Hmm. So I don't know. But I feel like nowadays it's kind of a shift where people are kind of embracing their native cultures and stuff like that. So, totally. I don't know. Yeah. I do feel like there's that shift of like, we want people to identify with like all their cultures and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like the parents are more accepting of that. Yeah. Whereas I feel like before it was like a protective fear um, factor. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree. Like kind of similarly, my mom is mixed. She's half Hispanic, half uh white mm-hmm. specifically irish so um and my dad's full mexican so i'm 75 25 mm-hmm. um for context for all you <laughs> for all you listeners out there um and but my mom's side of the family specifically my grandmother was like told by her mother who only spoke spanish by the way to not embrace her mexican culture because mm-hmm. and was like very blatantly like anti-mexican because that's how she was raised because Mm -hmm. marrying a white man was like the sign of sophistication or something yeah Yeah. and so like my grandmother married a very white irishman from new york um and so my mom grew up mixed with like some confusing sense of like how do i how do i be mexican how do i be irish and so and does she look very like Latina or does she look ambiguous? She looks more white, mm-hmm. slightly ambiguous. Like um, when she and my dad were married and her, she had her last name of Sanchez, she, people would assume like, oh, she's Mexican. Let me speak in Spanish. But now that she's got her uh, maiden name as Hayes, she's assumed as white. And so it's also weird that like, just her naming is basically what's going to skew someone's perspective on how they Beauty. perceive her. Yeah. Um, I think my mom is like a pretty white woman. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my dad's much more dark. Um, but it's just so interesting how like generationally the view of like one's culture is just shifts. Yeah. Um, and I'm still, I'm still figuring it out. I'm right. confused. Yeah, no, same. I'm definitely confused as well. And it's funny that you mentioned the name thing because 
Um, I mean, like I said, my mom is African American, but her last name now is Navarro because she's married to my dad. And so she's she um, was actually invited by like a Hispanic association to present a scholarship award. And they didn't realize that she was African American because mm-hmm. they just saw her last name. And then when they like they had a phone interview before the, the a ceremony, I guess, and they were like, "Oh, sorry, like actually we're gonna go with someone else" because they realized that she was black and not Hispanic. Mm. Uh, so that's <laughs> kind of also very funny. <laughs> um, but I was like, they probably should have checked that before they yeah. asked her. To do that. I mean, she would have showed up and like, is she Colombian? Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. So, and there are also black latina individuals so mm-hmm. that's a whole other thing too but yeah yeah, yeah. there was that whole thing with um what is her name the lady they're talking about her on the read um is it amara yes amara la negra yeah and they were just kind of talking about how i don't know there was a whole i don't know it's just also interesting how other people's perspectives of you like it, I think it's more important about like how you identify yourself because hmm. everyone's gonna judge you no matter what. Yeah. Like people have asked me like, well, what percent of Mexican are you, or what totally. percent of Black are you? And I'm like, why does that matter? Like yeah. I'm just me. Like I mix, but it yeah. doesn't matter what my mixture is. Totally. Like if um, those are the cultures you identify with, and those right. are it, like, why does like the percentage matter? Yeah, you're not gonna be like three times as Mexican <laughs> yeah. as like. You are Irish right. just because that's like your composition. Yeah, that's interesting. So then, what what do you think you identify as? I say so. I say mixed now, mm-hmm. but I mean, socially, I would say I identify more, I guess, in the African American community just because I think more people assume I'm black mm-hmm. of some kind. But I. It is, it's interesting just because in high school growing up, I went to a predominantly, predominantly white and Asian school. Mm-hmm. So people just assumed I was like, they would just say black or like mixed. Mm-hmm. Where'd you grow up? I grew up in San Mateo. Got it. Um, so I don't know. It was interesting growing up because I didn't really think about race in middle school. It kind of became more apparent in high school, I would say. Um, and I would just say mixed. I don't know. I, I still say mixed, but... Um, I still was just like singled out as like the black girl. I think hmm. other people would think I was black, but I identified as being mixed. Right. So, hmm. do you think if your dad was more like uh, part of his Mexican heritage, do you think that you would identify differently? I think I probably would be. I would identify stronger towards my Mexican culture. I do feel like a disconnect with my Mexican side because I don't. I think the language for me is like a big barrier. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would say that's like the biggest thing, because um, I have a lot of friends. There was a fair amount of like Hispanic people growing up in high school, and then they, but they would all mostly speak Spanish with each other. So I couldn't really connect with those people just because I didn't speak the language. And then um, sometimes there was like cultural things um, in the African American community that I was like, wait, what are you guys talking about? And I always kind of felt like an outsider. And then like the white people, I was kind of like, okay, I don't belong here clearly because my skin doesn't like match everyone else. Not that you have to like be the same as everyone in your group, but you still feel that kind of like imposter syndrome no matter mm-hmm. like which group oh, you are yeah, in. And so sure. I feel like that's something I've definitely struggled with a lot. Um, kind of just trying to fit in and like feel what, you know, where you feel comfortable or whatever, or feel accepted by other people too. Mm-hmm. Um, which has been like a kind of interesting balance to find. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Here, do you get that like imposter syndrome too? Because I mean, looking at you, I wouldn't be like, oh, he's definitely Irish. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Irishman Garrett. When I, when I went to Ireland, uh, I was like, like I'm looking for my ancestors. And they were just like, they're like you're lost. okay, <laughs> what's your name? And I'm like, Garrett. And they're like, oh, okay, you pass. No. Um, I sometimes did uh, and sometimes still do. There, there are a few main reasons why I think partially because I've been pretty uncomfortable with accepting my Mexican heritage, like for the majority of my life. Um, like I'm again, if we're looking at it in a percentage way, like I'm primarily Mexican, like three fourths of my family can be traced back there. Um, but for some reason, like I was pretty anti accepting it, whether or not that was because like there weren't necessarily like positive Hispanic role models when I was growing up, whatever it was, like I've just been uncomfortable with that idea. Um, 
up until very recently where I've been trying to more readily accept my histories. Um, and because of that, like, I'd be at school, in high school primarily, and, like, it's super... I grew up in a, like, predominantly white, predominantly Hispanic, and then just, like, plethora of other people, um, high school, and I definitely didn't feel like a part of the Mexican or Hispanic community down there, um, because, like, I was... And this, this is more a reflection on, like, the composition of our high school, but, like, Hispanic students were traditionally, like, not the, like, more high-achieving students, just um, very generally speaking, there are obviously some, and so, like, people would see me as, like, a smart Mexican, because I was, like, taking AP classes, getting good scores, like, knew the teachers, I was involved, whatever, um, and that, like, I feel like I should have been more uncomfortable with that, mm -hmm. but I wasn't because I didn't know how exactly, like, to reconcile with that identity. Um, now I look back and I'm like, uh-oh, <laughs> definitely yeah. shouldn't have been known as that. Yeah. Um, but when you're young, it's like praise, like you're yeah, exactly. praised for something. So exactly. You're told to say thank you. Yeah, it's like, oh, I, I am this and I am this, so I'll take that. And yeah. now I'm like, oh, maybe there's something else that needs to be done with that. But... I didn't resonate with my Latinx community. I definitely wasn't like a white kid, but all my friends were also from different cultures. So we were all just like kind of confused. Like uh, one of my friends is 100% Pakistani, like first generation immigrant. And I've known him since we were 10, but like he's super, I guess, whitewashed. So we all just kind of like got along because we were confused about how exactly to like be I guess or at least have more nuance in the perspective of like what it means to be sort of of different ethnicities yeah so that's a long-winded way of saying yes I've felt it and I have not still known how to reconcile it mm -hmm. would you say that like for you to do you feel like now you're more trying to find that identity of hmm. um, who we who I am. Like, what do you want to identify with? Like, where do you want to? Yeah, go I, yeah, I definitely think forward. so. I feel like it's like a continuous thing, and I think that the more I learn about my history, it, it kind of is just adding on to who I am and like relearning the culture that I've missed out on, especially mm -hmm. on my Hispanic side. Like, trying to teach myself traditional dishes, and like, that's the other thing. I feel like culture pa like passes down through generations in different forms. So it's like through traditions through cooking, through language, through stories, different things like that. And I feel like because my dad didn't cook us traditional Mexican food, we didn't mm -hmm. we missed out on that. And we, he didn't pass on the language, so we missed out on that. Um, and even the history. So I feel like I'm tr now trying to teach myself the things I felt like I missed out on to kind of gain that culture. Mm -hmm. Whereas like my mom did cook traditional like African-American cuisine as kids. And so I've, you know, I have the food and during holidays her family lives closer to us so I was I spent a lot more time around um, that side of the family for Christmas and Thanksgiving and things like that so I feel that's why I think I just feel closer to that side just because I've spent more time with that mm. culture totally. but yeah it's definitely like a continuous process yeah yeah it's like I I'm like thinking about it in a very different way now because I like don't necessarily even want to identify with one thing more than the other. Mm -hmm. And I'm also looking at like right now how I would personally like to identify. And for some reason, I'm very like, I love California as a state. And for some reason, I identify like with being Californian more than any other mm -hmm. identity because like all of my family's roots trace back to here mm -hmm. and it's a very culturally diverse state. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm, like, just more on a philosophical note, like, thinking, like, oh, let's take it, like, 100 to 200 years in the future is, like, identifying with a certain part of a country going to be part of one's identity. Like, right. is someone going to be proud to be, like, part Californian if that'll be a thing? Right. Just, like, people are happy to be, like, um, part Bosque from Spain or, like, a specific part of, like, Ireland and Northern Ireland. Like, is that also going to become prevalent in the States? Because it... At least personally, I feel like there's a strong tie to location, and my location that I have a strong tie to is definitely, like, this state. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm, like, trying to add that into processing, like, being myself, basically. Yeah. 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 
and you, I, can, you can make that your identity. People yeah. ask you, I'm a Californian. Yeah, it's yeah. like, I'm down. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that question where it's, people are, what are you? Like, yeah. how do I answer that? I'm a totally. human? Like, yeah, what do you mean? What, what kind of answer are you looking for? Totally. So, and I have said that to people. I'm like, I'm a human. Yeah. And then they give you a weird look, like, that's obviously not what I was asking. Yeah, it's like, well... That's an yeah, answer. That's my answer. <laughs> we took an unconscious bias training and we said blur words. So, yeah. like, if they really wanted to ask you, like, what race are you? Yeah. They should have just said, what race are you? Right. Yeah. I also wonder, like, what the appropriate way to ask those questions is. And because I also try and figure, like, I like understanding people's backgrounds. Yeah. So it's like, what's your ethnic background is sort of like my go to. Yeah. Because yeah. it's very just like, I think I started using, because at my workplace, we do the pronouns, like she, her, hers, they, them, or whatever, and so it's, they ask, how do you identify? So Mm -hmm. I feel like that's kind of a good way Mm -hmm. to ask, because it's like, how do you identify? Because then it's asking them whatever they want to say, if they want to say Californian, or human, or say their race, then they are offered that space to say whatever they want to say. Totally. That's That's a great point. Yeah. And I love that you said that you want to identify as California that's where you feel like your roots and your identity is because like if you look at places in other countries you know they'll say like what region they're from Mm -hmm. and it's not about like it's like because when you ask like oh what are you it's kind of like oh how different are you like what's your like what makes you not American basically totally whereas like if you go to another country like I'm from like uh, they'll be like, oh, I'm from Hong Kong as a part of like China. I'm from like totally. this certain province region. Yeah, and like probably, region. Yeah. And so it's like, if you identify with that, it makes sense because certain regions have their own style, their own way of speaking. Totally. And there is a huge Latinx community in California. So yeah. like, right. you know, like, they could get a whole plethora of information with you saying, oh, yeah. California. Yeah, right. I'm down. That's... It is a lot better of an identifier, actually, if you think about it. Because yeah. I mean, someone could be the same mixture as me, mm-hmm. but live in... Florida and be like, you know, they have a totally different background. In oh, totally. Everything. So, yeah. And so then, I'm just a Californian. <laughs> we helped you. Yeah. Help your identity. I, I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> That's it. Over. I'm like really curious. Like, when did you realize that you were not, I guess, like the general population? Like, when did you realize that you were mixed or like not full? Like, like African-American, mm-hmm. full Latina. Like, when did you realize that you were not full Latino or you're, that you weren't white? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I would say, I don't, I can't remember, like, I can't pinpoint, like, this is what had happened. But just little instances, like the thing in the store at Target with my dad, I kind of was like, okay, I'm different. Like, why didn't she recognize that I look like my dad? And then for me, a big thing was when I did go to, um like family gatherings with my African-American side of the family. Um, Even my own grandma, because she grew up in um, rural Alabama, which she's very dark skinned. And so she says, oh, this baby passed, like she she passes. And she's referring to like the brown paper bag test because back Mm. in the day, um, if you were, you know, mixed with white, you became lighter and lighter. And that was seen as like a good thing because Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, they're more passing. Because if you're dark skinned, you would, you know, have more discrimination and justice and things like that. And so to her, like, because me and my siblings are so light skinned, she's like, this is great. Like, my, they're passing. So they would take huh. like, a brown paper bag. And if you were darker than the bag, you'd be seen as black. But if you were lighter than the brown paper bag, they would be like, okay, they're passing. They're white. That's wild. So growing up, she would always say that to me. So I'm like, I, she kind of instilled that in me that I was like, oh, I'm good. I'm like, I'm passing. Like, I don't really know what that means, but people in the majority of society who kind of like accept me because hmm. I was passing. Um, so so that she was, said it as a positive thing? As a positive thing, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So that was always kind of interesting to That's hear growing up. And I didn't understand what it meant until I learned about the history of the brown paper bag test later on in life. But she probably would say that to us. I remember her saying it when we were like elementary school mm-hmm. even, yeah. The uh, I don't know if there was like a specific point in time where I like Finally, it was like, oh, I'm not the same as other people. There, But there's an instance that I can remember where I like actually had to confront the question of like, oh, how do I actually identify? And it was in the process of like college applications. Because mm-hmm. um, like in college applications, you're asked, and I think it's optional, I'm not too sure, but asked to like specify what your ethnicity is. And my mom actually asked me, um, and she's like, oh, when you're given this question, how do you identify? I'm like, I'm Mexican. She's like, 
but you're white. And I'm like, well, I'm, I went back to the percentage thing to sort of justify, I'm like, I'm more Mexican than I am this, so I should identify as like Mexican, right? And also like playing towards the statistics of like Mexicans who are higher achieving or can like right. more re- like, I guess, readily get accepted into college. I don't know. At a certain point, it becomes an... They have a quota. Ed- yeah. Right. They have a quota. I would be able quota. to fit in the quota. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and because of that, I was like, isn't it in my best interest to also do so? And it was just a weird question that I never really confronted. Like, oh, what, like, how do I actually identify and how can I, like, put this on paper for someone else to understand, like, my background? Mm-hmm. And... I still don't know the answer to that because like my mom's technically right I'm technically right like my school which I love like I don't know what they would classify like my application as Mm -hmm. by putting it down so it was a time that just presented like oh I need to actually think about this also this seems super black and white when like I'm not that really Mm -hmm. like Like, you don't no one really fits into one category yeah especially not like everyone's mixed with something like you know what i mean nowadays but that's interesting how do you answer that question because i know that hispanic is separate is that Mm -hmm. like an ethnic or it's an ethnicity and then there's races too yeah so i put like hispanic slash latino and if given the option to do multiple yeah i choose like also white yeah Mm -hmm. um but if, it, if I can only check off one, I'm like, yeah. I mean, my last name Sanchez. Like, yeah. Yes, yeah. I am Hispanic and Latino. Mm-hmm. And I also, like, my skin tone presents me as Hispanic and Latino. So mm-hmm. in order to, like, I guess, represent a certain um, population, I'll put it down and mm-hmm. do that. But, yeah, I don't... I don't know what the solution for something like that is. Yeah, I don't like, either, because I never know what to put. I'm yeah. Like, <laughs> all of the above. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's definitely been a challenge. Yeah. Like, I was doing research um, in my program on multi-ethnic, multi-racial, mixed uh, populations, and a huge thing came up was, like, forms, mm-hmm. because, like, it's hard to do research because not all forms are the same. Like, some right. forms will be like, are you... Hispanic as an ethnicity and then like what race are you only pick one mm-hmm. and then like what if yours isn't really in there maybe you don't want to identify at this moment right as one or the other like totally. maybe like if Jesse were like oh I feel you know identify with my African-American I'm just gonna put African-American at right. this moment if they only let you pick one you might choose the one that you right. identify with so it's like the information is not correct if you think about it in that sense, like mm. if the forms are only allowing you to pick one. Totally. So um, there's like a lot of lack of research yeah. because it's not consistent in all kinds of forms. Yeah. Would you say that a form that would like include every like check all that applies hmm. would be the solution? I don't, I don't really I don't know, know what the solution would be. I think it's kind of interesting. It's kind of similar to how now the gender question, like mm-hmm. now they have offered, you know, the option of like non-binary or, um, you know, they allow more options, but I don't really know how many, like, I don't know how people are going to start categorizing that. And again, it's kind of like, why do people need to fit into these categories? I get for research, like people do like to have the categories so they can be like this population had this percentage and this population had that percentage. But I, you brought up another point when I was in high school, I remember they were going over some statistics of something and they were talking about the white percent had this much, the black percent, the Hispanic, and then the Asian. And I raised my hand and I was like, where would mixed people fit in? And my teacher literally looked at me and he was like, I actually have no idea. Like I really couldn't, I can't give you an answer. And so I was kind of like, wow, that's interesting because these statistics are not relevant to me. Like I can't connect to this because I'm not in any of those categories. Mm -hmm. So, and I don't know how you can kind of recategorize that. Like, I mean, yeah. I guess you could put mix and then people could fill in what they're mixed with, but yeah, that just complicates research. Yeah. <laughs> also, like, it's only going to become more and more um, blurred because the population is just trending towards being more ri- more mixed. Right. Um, and so, like, yeah, I don't know if there's an easy way to do it or mm-hmm. if you just lump it all together and, like, if somebody checks, like, Hispanic and black, like, 
then they are categorized as both into a category called mm-hmm. like mixed race. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's that's right, interesting. But like a mixed student with these two like yeah. identities, like, like these Japanese four, and black, or right? Whatever they yeah, are, they yeah. have like very different experiences or exposures to. I know, like you mentioned, like health risks. Totally. When you're mixed, because you might have like these health issues that from this side of the family, mm-hmm. and these health right. issues from another side of the family. Mm-hmm. It's like you can't really just go, oh, mixed. Yeah. Right. All mixed people in research have shown this, but you can't really do that. Yeah. Because... Yeah. I think that for health information specifically, I mean, just for your own purposes, you should kind of just go off of your family mm-hmm. because a lot of people do look at these statistics and just because you're a black person, like, and these statistics say you might be at higher risk, you don't want to get concerned, like, oh my god, I'm, I might be at high risk for this. But it's like, okay, but look at your family. Does your family have that? Totally. No. Do the past generations? No. Then you probably shouldn't be concerned with that because it probably doesn't apply to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's also something to keep in mind. Yeah. And one thing that I've been also thinking about a lot is, like, I I do definitely, like, agree with doing surveys about what people's backgrounds are for the purpose of, like representation um so at work like me and another one of uh, our co-workers who is also mixed are um at least facilitating like a diversity inclusion and belonging yeah mm-hmm. uh, uh group and in that like the first steps for any sort of push into diversity inclusion and belonging in the workplace is like surveying the population in order to understand where we're at so we can then go forward and so there is like a usefulness in gathering the statistics but it's when like yeah things don't necessarily apply or many things apply that it's hard to like really really see um where a company a group a university is at um and where they need to go um but yeah it's I don't know. This is this is like the general <laughs> mentality I'm in and being a mixed race person is like I don't know the answer. I'm trying right. to figure it out, but right. it's I'm proud of what I have. <laughs> yeah. Like if just looking at the tra- trajectory of the way the US is going, they say like in a short like soon youth are the majority of youth are going to be mixed, multi-ethnic, multiracial right. youth. Mm-hmm. They're going to be a majority of the population. But do you feel like that as a society we understand multi-ethnic multiracial as a whole like where do you think we are as like I think we better start I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're gonna have to be used to it because it's just gonna become the reality pretty soon I think um and I think it's a positive thing I think it's just gonna make every uh, well, hopefully if you embrace it right and you don't try to push against it people will become more open-minded and be more accepting of just I'll accept you whatever you are purple mm-hmm. orange like I don't care mm-hmm. and like tell me about your background tell me about what you identify as I want to learn about like just learn about people and I think a lot of times where the pushback comes is when people do want to categorize you and they're kind of like oh my god what are you I can't mm-hmm. categorize you mm-hmm. that's where the pushback comes because like I don't know what you are so I'm just gonna like resist you yeah instead of engaging in a conversation just like getting to know a person also with like social media and technology, I feel like conversation is becoming worse and worse amongst people. And so mm-hmm. I feel like people just need to be accepting, engage in conversation, get to know people, mm-hmm. connect with people. Be curious. Uh, yeah, because otherwise moving forward, I don't know what's going to happen because <laughs> it's just going to be a mess. If you resist it, you know, try yeah. to go against it. But. Yeah, I think like, I think it's going to be very interesting because at least like in my personal experience, it's hard to even understand how I communicate about my own personal like mixed race ethnicity ethnicity. And so for someone else who's not mixed race, like how are they supposed to know if I don't necessarily know? Right. And I'm not saying like that should in any way prohibit like progress on that front being made, mm-hmm. but it's like these are just very hard questions to ask mm-hmm. and answer. And so I think we also better like start like a good conversation on what it means to be mixed race but it's also like one of the more confusing topics to (laughs) to discuss but that's where like the openness and empathy comes in like to sort of understand where someone else is coming from Mm -hmm. um i think uh 
Barack Obama is a huge step in that direction of understanding like what a mixed race person is like because mm-hmm. um, he I read his book Dreams from My Father and that was one of the first books that like really resonated with somebody who was like searching their identity mm-hmm. and a lot of like there are theories obviously about why he was so popular amongst white audiences but one thing was because he was part white he knew how to resonate with one part of mm-hmm. an audience and because he was black he knew how to resonate with another audience mm-hmm. and that's why he was like malleable or mm-hmm. flexible and like even stronger and like more charismatic to a larger group of people um, and I think that's just like a very cool introduction into like how mixed race people like move into or move around in mm-hmm. the world. Um, people also talk about like code switching. Yeah. So yeah, I'm like I don't I don't know if I foster that yet. I'm just trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to just be me in all of my surroundings, but I definitely yeah. do code switch depending on my environment. Yeah. That. Yeah. I think a lot of people code switch. I don't think it even has to be a racial thing. I think that. I mean, it's, it's, it speaks to, like, where you feel comfortable because, mm-hmm. obviously, you're going to talk differently. I would say most people talk differently with their friends than they would with, you know, professors or certain colleagues and things like that. So, I don't know if it's a ne- Do you view it as a negative or a positive? No, I, I personally use it in a positive way. Like, mm-hmm. I... I <laughs> like, I don't want to sound Machiavellian at all, but, like, it's just... To me, it just makes things, uh, makes situations easier to handle mm-hmm. uh, for me. And I'm kind of proud of the fact that I can like read the situation at hand, mm-hmm. or at least like I feel like I can. Mm-hmm. I think there's like a level of emotional intelligence that goes into code yeah. switching of being able to understand like what context you're in mm-hmm. and adapt to that. And so that's sort of how I use it personally. I can understand though how certain folks like don't necessarily view it, view it as a positive thing mm-hmm. because they're like masking one part of their identity in order to make others feel more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that's not ideal, but I personally am like, I get, I can read the room right now. Like this is what I need to be, um, to make others feel more comfortable. And I think mm-hmm. that's a positive thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like but you that's can navigate me. the space. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's on the yeah. Like I did a, there's a separate episode just on code switching. Mm. And I personally, I've always like viewed code switching as more of like a survival, mm. um, kind of mechanism, like a protective survival mechanism. So you can like make people feel comfortable. Whereas sometimes they may not make you feel comfortable, but mm. you are the one to like having to do that. Yeah. Because you're like, because they may not understand me and like, who I am, yeah. so I'm gonna exert this part of myself, or like in a work environment where they have to see more of like the, what the majority is. So like yeah. a survival in that yeah. sense is what I like thought of code switching. Totally. And then that also I feel like correlates with the imposter syndrome because it's mm-hmm. like you feel if you are speaking in a certain way that doesn't feel quite true to who you are, then you then that's where like oh my gosh I feel like I'm like kind of being an imposter in the situation. So totally. I think they're definitely connected. Yeah. In that sense. So real. <laughs> yeah, and at least in my experience, like there's been a lot of hardship in the Latinx community, but I have been very privileged to like grow up in an affluent area and like, um, like get a little bit more of like that. I guess, for lack of better phrasing, like upper middle white class. Um, experience Mm -hmm. and so like at times it is hard to like truly resonate with the struggles that have happened in my history Mm -hmm. but I know that they're there Mm -hmm. and I feel like I should be feeling them more deeply Mm -hmm. and I think that's something that um I'm obviously generalizing but that mixed race people feel it's like Mm -hmm. hard um to be so deeply rooted into certain things because there are other identities pulling Mm -hmm. um in different directions and so in my experience like I definitely feel the struggle of the Latinx community to a certain extent but I also don't yeah back to imposter yeah personally it hasn't affected you yeah personally it hasn't affected me but also the imposter syndrome idea of it is like I I want to feel this and I want to feel these struggles because this is a part of me but for some reason I don't like why why don't I I want this um 
And I don't have an answer for that. Like, yeah. Like you, it sounds like you like have recognized the privilege that you've experienced mm-hmm. too, but you're still very curious and like wanting to understand and navigate the space. Yeah. Because you yeah. know, it's part of the history. It's part of what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely feel that too. I mean, that's true to the African-American community too, even like my mom's generation. So like my grandma ex- grew up on a um, sharecropping farm mm-hmm. and my mom was born in the sixties. And so she growing like when she was really little she lived in alabama and she remembers like they would have to cross the street mm-hmm. if white people were walking and they would cross the street and her older sister my aunt went to a segregated preschool but then they moved to california um and so my mom definitely still faced injustices but it was a lot more integrated and diverse in california than it was in rural alabama um but she didn't have like my grandma experienced um more segregation and she didn't experience as much as her mom did, just as I haven't experienced as much as my mom did. So I feel mm-hmm. like, yeah, you're right. Like over time, you're getting further and further away from that connection of mm-hmm. those, some of those struggles, but you still want to feel them totally. and learn. And I think it's more about like just being aware of your history and where you've come from. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of will hold the connection to it. But it, it yeah. again, isn't my personal experience. It's the experience of the generations before me. Right. Yeah. And like that, I think that sort of lineage of, like struggles and experiences is such an important thing for people, whether or not they're even a part of like that race Mm -hmm. to understand, Mm -hmm. to also like increase their levels of empathy with Mm -hmm. other people, like just to understand or at least look at where other cultures have been and be like, Oh shit, (laughs) they've gone through some shit. Um, And when it becomes personal, it becomes all the more important, I think. And just like thinking about this, I think about like Asian American specifically and how some, like I wanna say, because we are the model minority, like not everybody goes and looks at the history mm-hmm. and like goes and sees like what all the things that Asian Americans have gone through. Yeah, like Japanese internments, just like yeah. some gnarly, gnarly stuff. Yeah. yeah, and like villages or like cities of Asian communities were destroyed and people were killed because they were like, oh, they're so affluent, like we can't allow this. So like people oh. were like murdered for these things, but I don't think that every, it's like something I think the Asian community kind of lacks is like we don't, like we don't highlight not that we want to highlight, but we don't like support learning or like want to learn Hmm. because it's like, Oh, we're doing fine. Like we feel pretty comfortable. There's like some microaggressions, but you know, like we're doing really well. And I think it's really important to like look back and understand like these things have happened Mm -hmm. to the Asian American community. And like, how does that relate to what's going on with other communities? Yeah. I think it's definitely important to know your history, but like you're saying, it's good to learn about other people's histories too, because as we move forward, like we were talking, it's going to become more blended. And so people, it's easy to just learn about where you are and what you've, like what your family has gone through, but people are going to have to be, like have to be forced kind of to learn about other cultures. If, you know, say their sibling marries someone of a different race and you're going to have to learn about that culture and Mm -hmm. then... You, you're going to have to just educate yourself, I think, is going to be huge. Totally. In the if, I, if I may pose a question to the floor, um, what is dating like oh for gosh, you? I was just thinking about it. I'm like, <laughs> like to that to just I was going to take it there. Just purely curious. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't like, know. Like, could you go for, like, like, specifically in... Like, do you feel like your personal mixed-race background has you, like in any way going like dating mixed race people or um like do you feel i don't know are 
I don't know. Yeah. Like, what what were your questions? I guess. Influence, yeah. I'm yeah. My question was like, does your background influence who you want to date? Like, yeah. Because for like a monoracial person, like a single race person or like yeah. a single identity person, like there's also the influence with certain people. But do you feel like what is your influence personally? Yeah. Um. I I like to say that I am attracted to I don't have like I'm not one of those people who's like I only date totally. this that and this I have a specific type but um I tend to date African American guys mm-hmm. um, but I have dated Hawaiian and I'm not even Hawaiian I dated <laughs> white people um, I have never dated a Mexican person um, but. I mean, I'm open. To, it's not like I haven't because I'm not open to it. I'm very open to any um, race and culture. I definitely think it adds a layer, though. I know mm-hmm. some people who are like, I just just so complicated. Like, I don't know anything about that culture. Or also, their family might not accept you. So I know people who, like, they might be white and the person they're dating is, like, Middle Eastern. And, mm-hmm. like, hit, their family doesn't accept them. So obviously that's hard because mm-hmm. it's hard to date someone if their family doesn't accept you. Totally. So... Yeah, that's very difficult. I've I've generally been accepted by a lot of different cultures just because I am mixed. So that's to my benefit. Mm -hmm. A lot of cultures kind of just tend to accept me because I'm coming with a lot of cultures. Mm -hmm. So um, that's kind of nice. But I don't know if that answers your question. I mean, (laughs) the question's (laughs) open-ended. Do you feel an influence? Uh, Yeah, I definitely think it does. Um, Only like up until recent, um, dated white people, but I also haven't like dated much. Um, and it's just as time has gone on and I've become more familiar with my personal Hispanic identity, have I started to like, um, look at dating in that perspective and like, I'm, I'm obviously very open to like, dating anybody of any race i'm currently with someone who's also mixed race and i think it's like fascinating um one because it's mixed race of completely different um culture um but two like she was one of the first people that i've actually like discussed these ideas of being a mixed race person Mm -hmm. um and so i don't know like what sort of tangible influence like my background has had on my dating life but I definitely feel like closer with someone who can like also speak to issues that I personally have trouble like just reconciling um because she's Sri Lankan and Irish and I'm Mexican and Irish and now it's like oh we can talk about these things and we don't have answers and that's actually totally fine yeah um it it just feels like I don't know, better. (laughs) You learn together and you have a similar experience in the sense that you both have felt these like mixed feelings about where you come from and learning about your culture. Totally. I don't know how it truly affects me, but like... And maybe it doesn't. Maybe this isn't like your cultural identity. It doesn't influence who you date. Yeah. Super interesting though with uh, talking to my parents about it. Mm -hmm. I think like they kind of care about like that than I do Um, because because the person I'm currently dating is also Irish my mom was like oh Irish like (laughs) you're dating an Irish person I'm like she's also mixed (laughs) keep that there Um, and so it's just so like interesting what parents latch on to as well Um, have they expressed what they would hope that you would no i i think my parents are both like yeah i'd be like you're going too far uh if they were to do that but um no my parents are as long as like i'm happy my parents are happy Uh, i mean my mom married a mexican man so like she's down for the brown um (laughs) (laughs) did her parents have issues with that because you said that her family was like very focused on the Irish white side. Um, I I'm not sure. I I don't. I definitely don't want to like speak for her. But like one thing we have talked about was like she always like looked at her dad as like the woke white guy and like admired him for that. And, but as time has also gone on, it's been like um, identities just become more nuanced. And so mm-hmm. reconciling like with both of the parents was super. 
uh, it's just like an interesting thing to face. Um, yeah, so I, I, I can't really say for sure, um, but I mean, we talk about it, so I feel like there's some semblance of like... And what about you, Jess? Do you have influence? <laughs> like, does your parents influence you? My parents just want me to be happy. No. <laughs> I mean, my dad, I think my dad genuinely is like, whoever, like he's very, doesn't really have an opinion on that, um, just as long as I'm happy and the person treats me well. However, my mom... Um, She's made it kind of apparent. She's like, I just want you to meet, like, you know, a nice, tall, educated black man. Like, <laughs> so she's, a bit, of course, her too. She would be happy. She just wants me to be happy and with someone. And I think for her, um, I think education is more important for her. Um, like, as long as the person's educated and treats me well. Mm -hmm. But she has made it clear that a tall black man would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, and it's actually interesting because when I do tell her like, oh, I'm dating someone, she like the first question typically she asks is, oh, what, what ethnicity or like, what are they? Mm -hmm. What do they look like? And I'm like, now I kind of say like, I'm not gonna tell you because I just yeah. like to challenge that. I'm like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is interesting that that question gets asked a lot, and other people ask me that actually as like the first question in general. They'll like friends that's will ask true. me like, oh, yeah. what are they? What do they look like? Mm -hmm. So. Just interesting that that's the first question people ask instead of like, "Are you happy?" Like, yeah, you know? like, so totally. That should be what matters. So right? Totally. So that's interesting, but that's just a societal thing. Yeah, think. like maybe we should ask that later on. Like, does it really matter? Yeah, let me just meet them and then I'll see. Yeah, you. yeah. Right. <laughs> does would you say like I know your sister doesn't usually or typically date yeah. black guys? Yeah. So would you say that your mom has the same kind of influence or like has the same? Vision. For vision. I, I think guess that she her. does, but yeah, my sister is all over the map when it comes to dating. She doesn't really have a type per se. Um, she's dated Middle Eastern, white, um, current Asian, uh, like Japanese, Chinese, like all over the map. Like so. Um, and age wise, and she very much age wise too. And I mm. think that that speaks to her experience because she. Um, I think that it's. She also felt the where she like didn't really feel in fit into any category, and so I think that's why she dates every category because mm. she has gotten used to um, being able to kind of blend in to a lot of different spaces. And so for her, dating people who aren't exactly like from her background is easy for her because she's able to kind of learn about them and then blend in and I don't know blend into the learning about their culture and picking up on things like that. So that's why she dates all over the map, I think. Mm -hmm. But I can't speak exactly for her, but hmm. yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I, I, I have an older brother um, who is now engaged. Um, and Congrats. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm trying to think, like, I, he and I never have had these conversations before. Mm -hmm. um, so no, I'm just like purely curious what he thinks when dating someone or like with his fiance. Cause if I'm not mistaken, he's like primarily just dated like, um, white women. And I'm just so curious if like this crosses his mind mm -hmm. as much as it does, um, mine. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. Cause just looking at his history, it's like, Oh, pretty normal or yeah. not normal that's the wrong word pretty like uh Consistent. yeah uniform yeah um and so <laughs> it could also be just as the environment like yeah. if you went to a predominantly white high school and a white college like that's totally that's around you so that's what you date right? that's so that's true it's whatever you're exposed to totally right because i realize i date someone based on if they have similar experiences than me yeah. like if we have similar experiences or visions or like um kind of like I like interest that's like where I will date but if I see that you don't have these things it doesn't really matter what ethnicity or race you are yeah. like if I if you don't fall under like a similar um experience or like um interest as me it's kind of hard for me to connect with someone because I value those things mm -hmm. so if you don't value those things it's yeah kind of yeah. yeah I would say for me when I'm dating like like you may I look more for values and mm -hmm. characteristics rather than race. But I do know mm -hmm. people, when you ask them, like, oh, what's your type? The first thing they say is, like, a certain race, mm -hmm. which is just very interesting to me. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. Like, 
I the values and like the personality of the other person are like huge mm-hmm. in determining like whether or not I think we'll be compatible and like everything else is kind of I don't know I don't know at the end of the day yeah yeah I mean maybe like later on down the line we're all like not we're all because we're all already who we are yeah. but like you know for future generations everyone's mixed with different things like even the 23 and me i don't know if mm-hmm. you two did that but yeah, a lot of people have told me that they were way more diverse hmm. than they thought they were or it was like something completely different than what they thought they were hmm. and so it's like we're all kind of a little bit of everything mm-hmm. well not like a little bit of everything but like we're all probably more diverse than we think we are oh mm-hmm. totally yeah. totally there's I'm, I'm reading a book right now that's all about like how the world came to be the way it is Gary has a book on the table what book is yeah it? this it's got the wonderful title of guns germs and steel sounds uh, so I, I, most people read it for their history classes um, but it just talks about like human development why the societies um, that are like more quote-unquote like powerful became the way they did like why if most human species like originated in Africa why is in Africa the most developed quote-unquote developed country that mm-hmm. exists um, and it talks all about that and like people's roots yeah colonization, <laughs> all, colonization. All, all, all that fun stuff yeah. um, very good book very dense um, New York Times bestseller. Okay. They're not paying me to say this, so. <laughs> not sponsored. <laughs> We're halfway through it for a dense book. Yeah, I'm getting there. I'm getting. There. I'm next is from egalitarianism to kleptocracy. So you know, fun stuff. Wow, that's just, <laughs> just light reading. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice beach reading. Probably why you didn't read it on the bar. Yeah. Like too many things going on. Yeah, I, w- I was actually listening to Anderson Pack on the Bart ride over here, and I was like. Ugh another beautiful mixed race person <laughs> he's so good You're getting in the mindset before yeah the podcast. beautiful mixed race californian oh. <laughs> there goes that california identity yeah exactly you connect with them all i'm that. so oh i love it but yeah anyway and then just you took 23 i did um i don't remember my results but um i think the one surprising thing was that my I was more Spanish, and it was a higher percentage than pop, like that my dad could have been. So my mom also has some Spanish in her, I think uh-huh. is what it was. And then also I have like 13% Native American, which makes sense because like, Mex- like Mexico used to be part of mm-hmm. the U.S., but that was also interesting. I was like, oh, does that mean I'm Native American? Like, can I say that I'm Native American? But um, yeah, so that was another interesting thing. Mm-hmm. But after doing it, I was like, I want to go to where I'm from in Africa. Like, and I was like, I want to go back to the city that my dad grew up in in Mexico. Because I think it's more of like, I want to go back to where my culture is mm-hmm. from and like connect those spaces. Yeah. Have you done that? I haven't, no. Mm. And I want to. I want to go back to like Alabama where my mom grew up and then also go back to Africa where the 23andMe said I was from. Which part? I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. I could look. It's in my email somewhere. But... Um, I want to do that one day. Yeah. I and mean, I actually asked my mom, I was like, would you go with me? And she doesn't feel the same need to, like, she's like, I don't think that's something I would want to do. Like, I don't feel the same need that you do to, like, have to have that connection, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of interesting that she didn't. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I think I want to have that connection. Just, and I don't think, maybe I'll go, I probably, will, maybe I won't feel connected because it's not really, it's so far removed from who I am kind mm-hmm. of thing, but it still would be interesting to see. Yeah. So I, I actually did that this past year. Um, that was like part of my mission, um, for like 2018 and 2019 was to like go to where my families are from. And so I went to Mexico city with one of my friends, uh, cause that's where my grandfather on my dad's side, uh, is originally from the other parts from Baja California, mm-hmm. unsurprisingly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to Ireland, specifically like County Cork. And I went to Ireland in February and did that and was like, holy crap, like there was like an intangible, cool feeling about it. Maybe it's because I built it up in my mind, but maybe because there was something like that tied me there. But um, 
it very much felt like, wow, I can see why my, like how my family came to be. A lot of people looked like my grandfather on my mom's side in the county cork, like bald, like white, pale white Irishmen with large noses. And I'm like, you look like Gramps. Um, but in Mexico City, like it was this just sprawling metropolis. And like, I look, I have the same skin tone as everybody else. And like, I got to get back to like street tacos and like the food was it, such a like culturally integral part of being in Mexico City and I'm like this is the best food I've ever had mm-hmm. and so I felt like I got tied back to my roots there in Mexico City let alone it's just a gorgeous place to be but um, yeah I I would highly I recommend would, it's super that. incredible yeah. to just do that not even have an agenda just go yeah, yeah. That's like, I think that's great. Like, especially if you want to connect with those roots, I think that's like a great way for someone who maybe feels more lost or like wants to know where their family came from. Yeah, for sure. I had a wonderful time. And they're both like party cultures, so (laughs) we had a little fun. Both great places. Yeah. Yeah. Does that like make you feel like you want to do that just? yeah no I definitely want to go with you. I definitely want to do that I just don't have money to go to Africa right now but you know <laughs> one day I yeah. will do that um and I actually um my sister's been to Guadalajara that's where my dad grew up I just haven't been able to go just because the times they've gone I was in school mm. um but she loves it like yeah. she loves going there and just feels very much at home and my brother too my brother um is white and Mexican well he's my half brother so he's not black but mm. um he loves it there too. And he's like, yeah, I think I'm going to run away and just move there. Like, it's time to go. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so I want that connection for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I would say like being born in the U S I have this, like I've never seen exactly where my parents were. Like I didn't grow up where my parents or my brothers cause mm-hmm. they're uh, like my whole family is immigrants and I'm like first, the first, first generation in my immediate family. So mm-hmm. like when I went back, to the village mm-hmm. where like my parents grew up not necessarily my brother because they kind of already moved out of that yeah. small tiny village that my parents are from but like me going back there it felt like really nostalgic so mm-hmm. I feel like where you're coming from with like feeling like oh this is why my parents tell these stories yeah. this is why they act the way they act because of this culture for sure and like I don't know if it's like a cultural thing or what I feel like it's in there somewhere um based off of like where you're from like to me climate was a weird thing that I realized affected me when I was down there like I went down to Oaxaca uh, while I was in Mexico and I thought it was like the best weather in the world it was like deserty and they had just the billowing clouds and I'm like for some reason this feels so much better than me being like in um, I don't know like a humid environment for some reason like the dry desert like feel felt so much better and maybe that's because I'm from California and that's what that is Mm -hmm. Um, but I also like being on coastlines and both Cork and California and Baja California are all coastal cities and I'm like oh I wonder if that has any effect and why I feel the way I do is it culturally integral or is it just like that's what I like I don't know it's it's an interesting question yeah I wonder that sometimes, like, I feel that, that way, too, like, because where my family's from is, like, super hot mm-hmm. and super humid. Yeah. And so, like, I enjoy, like, hot places. Like, I enjoy, like, tropicalness. Mm-hmm. Like, I enjoy water and, like, being in that yeah weather environment. Yeah. But I'm, like, used to being cold because, like, in Portland, it gets cold in the winter. Right. It rains a lot where I'm from in Portland, but, like... I'm not sure if I'm just, like, making this stuff up. Yeah. Are you looking? Did I you- did. I found it. So, <laughs> I'm actually... <laughs> I'm 46.6% European. So, 11% of that, 11.6% is British and Irish. Also from Cork County. Oh, let's go! Oh, let's go! <laughs> Brethren. Let's see. I think the other European part is from Spain. But I'm not sure. I'm like, okay, mom, you're a little European yourself. Um, And then West African, 12% Nigerian, 10% Ghanaian. Yeah, broadly West African. Wow. And then there's like, where's the the Eastern Asian Native American? So I'm 10.7%. 
100% Northern Asian or Native American, which I feel like is very different. What hmm. is Northern Asia? I don't know. I don't know. And then 9.6 Native American, so. Hmm. Wow. I don't know, I'm just very mixed. That's yeah. Clearly. Yeah. yeah. I'm all over the map. Yeah. And I hear people say that when they like look at their 23andMe, that they're so much more diverse than they yeah. thought they were. Yeah. That's that's fascinating. It's also that's crazy that like you may not even know like what a certain like part of your history, like the where is Northern Asia? Like, I don't know, but I know that's it like part of me. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like is that Mongolia? Because that's like north. Yeah. Asia, like That's thinking fascinating. demographic. Yeah. yeah. Also interesting that I'm 46% European and 40% Sub Saharan African, so it's like I'm actually <laughs> more white than I thought I was. Whoa. But I mean, yeah, I don't know. But then, like, isn't there like a lot of European influence in like everywhere? Latin? Everywhere. Yeah, yeah everywhere. Let me turn to gun strands and steel. European <laughs> or from, yeah, everyone's because of colonization, but. Yeah, like somewhere in my history, I'm Spanish and like Irish and all these things. So, yeah, there's a lot of European influence just everywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thanks, Europe. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess like to end the mm-hmm. podcast, I want to ask like, what would you say like has really helped you in like making sure that you I like there is negativity about like mixed race or you know that like stigma as well and how have you kind of overcome that and what advice would you suggest for someone who's like still going I know you two are still on the journey but someone mm-hmm. who's like like less far in their journey mm-hmm. um I would just say educate yourself I would, and like engage in conversation, talk to your family members, learn about your culture, learn about your history, learn about other people's culture and history. Um, yeah, because I mean like you're not going to learn if you don't ask the questions or look into the questions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would definitely say education because that's what I've been doing. I've just been trying to teach myself about the history that I feel like I've missed out on. Um, and as far as the negativity goes, I just don't let it affect me. I used to be really overly concerned about it because as a teenager, you want to fit in. You don't want to be seen as an outsider. But now that I've gotten older, I'm like, okay, that's fine. You can have your opinions. I'm more reassured in who I am as a person. Um, so I just don't let it affect me. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. that's that's great because like in the research I read that like if you feel more positive about your ethnic identity mm-hmm. or that you have a stronger connection you yourself are like healthier you understand huh. yourself more and like mentally physically too yeah. and i would say the more i've learned about my culture and history the less the negativity has affected me because mm-hmm. i know more about where i've come where i come from mm-hmm. and so other people's opinions don't affect me as much mm-hmm. yeah i i just 100 percent agree with that like as far as like yeah the negative stigma like i also personally don't give a shit yeah. <laughs> um i think it's uh i think it's very special to like have such an amalgamation of identities like in my own history as well as be able to like pursue my sort of own identity um i think one thing that i always had trouble with was accepting the fact that i personally like didn't always resonate with my Hispanic heritage and because of that like it's taken me a while to actually like be proud of being mixed race but like sort of the more I educated myself and the more I was open to like what is in my past like the more I was readily available to accept the fact that like oh I am this, there's kind of no denying it, why, like, may as well embrace it in all of its Mm -hmm. craziness, and also, like, still embrace myself, and, Mm -hmm. um, I think there's just a lot of, a lot of great benefit to being multifaceted, multiracial, multidimensional, just, I don't know, embrace it, I guess, Mm -hmm. is my advice, like, don't be afraid to accept who you are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, thank you two for joining this this podcast. Thank you. Uh, Goodbye, friends. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye. We also have to record an intro. Okay. Okay.